This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. I've got a special show for you today. More on that in a moment. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering Bible questions, life questions, anything on your heart. I and today we will do the best that we can. All you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free by calling 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvaryessay.com or you can send them in using our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time for our main number, it's 340-9585. Now we're going to take phone calls. If you've got questions, then we'll be happy to field them for you. But this is a special show for us. Uh, Today is the seventh birthday of a ministry here at Calvary Chapel, Malta Medical. It is our free doctor's office. Um, When I say free, it's a family practice doctor's office. It's a family practice doctor's office and um, fully staffed. Nobody pays anything, and we've been doing it now today for seven years. And my special guests are Dr. Peter Paley and his beautiful wife, Dr. Sheba Paley. Paley, she is the smart one in the group, so if you have hard questions, ask her. Um, But I thought we'd just take this time to celebrate what the Lord has done. Seven years uh, we've been giving free medical care to uh, anybody that walks in. And as we give that free medical care, everybody gets prayed for, everybody gets shared the gospel with. It's an amazing thing that the Lord has done. Something churches don't even think about doing. Uh, One of the reasons that that we're doing it is because God made it really clear. He wanted to let people know that he loved them, that he cared for them, and that he would help them with things that weren't necessarily directly church-related. And as I said already, seven years we started. Dr. Peter, Dr. Sheba, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> let me let me ask the first question, okay? And just I, I'd like each of you um, the, the condensed version, but each of you to give sort of a brief um, testimony. How did this whole thing become real for you guys? Well, it, it began probably in 2007, early on when we we had finished medical school. We were doing our training, and it just the Lord had put it in our hearts to do something with the gift that God had given us to give it back to him and um but a free clinic wasn't what we envisioned a long time ago it eventually evolved into that um and by 2011 it was really strongly put on I think that's when you approached us as well um and said what about a a clinic and we looked for the spot of where we would set up a couple of units down from the church and then um and then after that it was just uh it's been prayer before that but it was just get digging down and praying about how the vision would look um and then by 2013 it began we the building began and everything and we started on 2013 february 4th shiva uh, yes, uh, very similar. Um, if anything, just filling in a little bit of the gaps. It was 2007 when Pastor Ron approached us and asked us to pray about um, a, a free clinic that uh, he had been praying many years uh, for that, that God put that vision on his heart. And so um, meanwhile, we completed our training and graduated in 2008 and um, was just working on getting our Texas license and 
by 2010, we got our Texas medical license, and then God gave us a green light in 2011, you know, to move forward. And um, uh, Pastor Ron showed us uh, the spot of Malta Medical now, and um, and then the Lord just brought um, wonderful people to serve alongside of us. And then uh, Dr. Violetta, um, you know, donated um, about forty to fifty thousand dollars worth of her equipment, and the Lord um, uh, brought it to fruition. And we always had a heart many many years ago to do missionary work and we thought it might be in India or somewhere but the Lord had made it clear that our missionary work is here in San Antonio and so what a blessing to be able to do it. Now uh, a year ago when we talked about this at a pastor's discipleship class on a Saturday um, you said that, that in the in the six years that you'd been there you'd seen over 25,000 patients so prorating that out I'm, I'm now we're over 30,000 patients that you've seen. Talk about the kind of patients, where they come from, how they find out about us, those kind of things. Actually, it's, it's been twenty-five to 30,000 visits. Um, our patient panel is about 5,000, 6,000. So they're, they're repeat visits as well. But um, we get every walk of life over there. I mean, we'll get diabetes, hypertension, every kind of um, disease process we can see. But also every different walk of life as well either. I mean, most of the time We'll get those who are, are underinsured or, uh, or non-insured, and they can't pay for insurance, and they'll just let it slide because they just, it's just the cost of insurance is so expensive. So when, you know, when they come in, they, they have this expectation of having to pay, and when they're, they just love it. When they're ready to leave, where do I pay? And they, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not charged anything. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great feeling to be able to do something like that and and for the lord that's that's what makes it worth it so well i remember she was talking with you a long long time ago one of your frustrations in your practice was that you didn't have time to spend with with your patients mm-hmm. that they almost call them customers but they don't pay here so they're not customers but um um you know it's sort of in and out in assembly line medicine is the way it's done in this country now and and we decided a long time ago it was going to be different talk about your patient interaction Oh, oh, what a blessing to be able to spend time with my patients. Um, where I used to work, I, I was only allotted 15 minutes um, to take care of six, seven different medical problems for one person. And, of course, that wasn't sufficient time. So now to be able to sit down with my patients, to get a thorough history, do a, a proper physical exam, to explain the patient's diagnoses and treatment plans, and that the fact that they can actually have time to answer questions, you know, if, they're, if they don't understand. Um, to, and, and then, of course, to top it off by praying with them. And, and if somebody doesn't know the Lord, to share the gospel with them. If somebody is a Christian, to be able to encourage them, to just have that fellowship of talking with the Lord. Um, it, it, I mean, I have to say it's a blessing for me. I feel that it's more fruitful this way because I feel like we're actually helping because we can take the time to really, like, medically help our patients, you know. Yeah, you know, at the beginning we used to we used to give out feedback cards. Just how are we doing? And 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 I would get these cards, and they would be, I can't believe a doctor actually prayed with me. I can't believe that she spent thirty minutes with me, or he spent a half hour, and and he was really interested in what I was doing. And we get those cards. Oh, now we don't do that anymore because we're we've been doing it for a while. But um, people need to know that they're important, that that God cares for them. And what a better way to do it. Peter, what's the response typically? Uh, somebody comes in, they're non-believers, and, and our rough numbers here, 80% plus of the yeah. people that come to, to Malta Medical yeah. are not from our church. Yeah, they're not from our church. And that's about right. Yeah. Now, we, we, we believed from the very beginning that it would be just the opposite, that 80% of the people would be from our church. I just assumed it was God wanting to take care of his people. We turned this into an evangelistic outreach. Yeah. And so with these unbelievers, people that have no background at all, and, and yet now the doctor is going to talk to them about Jesus and pray for them, um, what kind of responses do you get? Most of the time I'll tell you that they are, are pleased. And I, would, I began this thinking that there would be a lot of opposition, but not at all. Uh, most of our patients are just thankful. When, when you say to them at the end of the visit, do you have any questions? And they, don't, they, they say they don't have any more questions because if we've answered them, given the time that we had, and then say we start. Can we pray for you? And you know, where is your walk with the Lord? And we just get into that. Uh, most of the response is thank you, thank you for praying for us. And even if they're not believers, they'll say 
yes, I'd like to, for you to pray for me and to keep that in prayer. And that in itself breaks that ice. And, and then the conversation starts. And, um, and they, if, if anything, they leave their accountable knowing where they stood with the Lord and at least to contemplate on where is my walk with the Lord, if there is one. And you're pretty direct with them. I am. I just, I'll ask them, are you saved? Are you born again? Um, and so it's, uh, it doesn't catch them off guard. They know that when they come into this clinic, I, I know it, that some say that I think that you're a religious clinic, aren't you? And you're part of that church. <laughs> so they know when they come in that there's some expectation of, of uh, a conversation about the Lord. Yeah, actually, I had somebody tell me one time, said, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to give money to, uh, to the clinic because what you're doing is a great thing, but I would never give money to a church. And so it's just one of yeah. those things, you know, they're, they're adamantly opposed to it, but then you get to look them in the eye and say, well, who do you think has been ministering to you? Who do you think has been helping you? That's right. Yeah, we, we tell them, you know, the, the people have offered, and they say, well, why don't you go straight to the church over there and, and offer to the offering box if that's what God leads you to do. And we let them know that it, we're a part of the ministry of Calvary Chapel. We're not independent. Oftentimes people think we're an independent clinic, not having anything to do with the church. And we'll remind them, hey, we're just an, one of the many ministries, the amazing ministries that Calvary Chapel does. And so we're just an arm of the, of the, of the main Calvary Chapel church. So, She, I remember you at the very beginning um, being a little caught off guard about how easy it was to share with people and how open their hearts were in some cases. Yes, and I got to tell you, to this day, it's it's no longer a surprise, but I'm still in awe of how, the, uh, you know, it's like God prepares those precious hearts, and He just wants us to be faithful messengers, you know, to, to share the truth, to share the gospel message, and the gospel message is, is the power unto salvation for those who believe, and that's all He wants us to do, is to share that, and, you know, sometimes... It's like, um, you know, uh, our patients come to us and they're hurting, you know, they're, um, some are just in despair, you know, and, and so it, they're sitting there and it's just an honor that God would entrust these people to us that we can share that living hope of Christ uh, with these people when they're hurting so badly, you know, and they'll just listen. You know, and sometimes it's like, yes, we can we can give you this medicine. But more importantly, you know, how about Jesus Christ? You know, um, only he can really help, you know, um, just help fix our broken lives and and to just read us, uh, lead us down a road of, of life with him, you know. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm in the in the office bringing mail and saying hi and disrupting your normal flow of things from time to time, and and you know, this isn't a, a medical office uh, that's catering to rich people. I mean, we're getting people that can't afford it. Right, right. And so they're 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 grateful. Yeah. Uh, there's there's times when the relief is palpable. And um, they're they're open. Uh, for a little bit of background um, on on Malta Medical, we we named it Malta Medical. Uh, out of Acts chapter 28. Uh, that's when uh, Paul and the, the ship that he was on, the shipwrecked, had, had washed up on the island of Malta. And um, uh, the, the chief officer's father was sick. And Paul prayed for him, laid hands on him, and there was a miraculous healing. But then it says in, in Acts 28 that the rest of the people came and they were healed, but it's a different word. It's not the supernatural word for healed. It's just the, the, the ordinary care. In fact, it's the word we get our English word therapeutic from. And, um, um, and, and we remember Dr. Luke was there. And so Dr. Luke would attend to them, and God's power was there, and there was the power to heal. And um, it, it's, it just seems like such a natural. That's exactly what our vision was. It just hasn't always turned out the way we thought it was. It's turned it completely different, but um, on a far bigger scale than we've done. Now, Peter, you got ordained in this last year. Yes. I think it was uh, June 1st, 2018, something like that. Yeah. It, uh, that was uh, amazing. I mean, we were already doing, I was already doing the work of a pastor. Pastor Ken, I love him, and he, uh, he told me that if you're called to here to be a pastor, do the work of a pastor. And, uh, and I, I took that to heart. Um, and I was called to be a pastor uh, a while ago. I just never said anything. I had emailed you and said, you know, why don't you pray about it and see if this is something. It had been something that's on my heart for a while. And, but uh, what Pastor Ken, I really took to heart what he said. And, he's, and it's just serve the people. And to be a pastor was to serve. And we had already been doing that. And my heart was for the people. Um, and so it just, 
I, I had came, I had come to you, and then you had emailed me back and said what date, <laughs> and that was it. And so I was, uh, that was a, a surprise too. I, I wasn't expecting you to write back or anything like that. I just kind of <laughs> threw it up there and said, Lord, if that's your will, that's your will. It's okay. Otherwise, but it's um, that hasn't changed much since becoming ordained. The work still continues as the same. Um, but I just want to add something. When when patients come in. Uh, Oftentimes in the world, they get treatment. They get medical treatment, chemical treatment, or whatever that's needed. And and the spiritual part of it, which is just as much as important in that healing, is missed. And to have the complete patient, you have to have the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. That And that trumps everything. And so um, when we send patients out, we send them out with touching every aspect of what needs to be healed. And that's really important. And oftentimes you'll see a lot of depression and anxiety come in because that's not touched with the way it needs to be fixed. It's done with often chemicals without going first into the to the root of it, which is you need Jesus Christ. You need healing through the power of Jesus Christ. Well, I've got lots of other questions, but let me let's go to Sheba and, and I want to backtrack. When you guys first got here, kind of share the story of what it was like. You were medical students doing your residency here, uh, no intention of staying in San Antonio, Texas, um, looking for a church, you stumbled in here, you had no idea what the future held, did you? No, not at all. I, I can't believe it because we, we came here December of 2006. We came because um, residency had us working about 80 hours a week, and so um, the other churches, the services were you know only on Sunday morning or Wednesday evening, and most of the times we were working at that time. And so when we just uh, Googled other Calvary chapels, that's when we stumbled upon CCSA, and we're like, oh, look at that, they have Friday evening services, and that's how we started attending, and immediately we felt like we were at home. We were just hungry for God's Word, um, because, you know, since they had us working so much, we weren't able to go to church a lot, and um, and we thought, honestly, we were just going to do our residency for three years and, and go back to the New York area, but it was amazing how how much the Lord just changed our heart. It was like he did a 180, you know, and it, it was like towards the end of our residency, we just fell in love with San Antonio. We fell in love with the people. Um, and, uh, you know, we're like, okay, we're just going to stay here in the church. Um, we just loved your teaching and we just wanted to continue to serve. And, and then it was, you know, in that few couple of years that the Lord was, you know, he was preparing our hearts and, and just preparing us for the ministry. And that's when in 2011, we got the green light from the Lord. You know, that's what you just heard in the, in the audience is Sheba's heart. Um, unless you're Peter's heart with you, because you're, intention when you came here was to come into the church, yeah. get out as soon after as you could, yep. don't talk to anybody, right. don't get involved, talk about that. Yeah, we came in for the first time, we loved the teaching, we knew this was home, This um, and it, it was just so clear the first day we came in, and said, this is home, the love that we felt immediately was palpable. But as soon as it was over, I didn't want to make any more relationships and friendships and just, it's, you know, it's great teaching. Let's get up and get out of here quickly. And I believe it was, uh, I can't remember the details, but I think it was Michelle Henry that kind of chased after us and, uh, and grabbed a hold of us. It's like, hurry up. I think someone's coming after us, you know, just, <laughs> just take off. Um, but our intention was never to, to plug in or, or do anything like that. And, that. and you get ripped off when you come into church just to listen to the message and then walk out afterwards with no fellowship with no sharing of what God has done in your life with others, and or just talk about the teaching that was taught. You get ripped off. And we were ripped off for about a year until we just, the love was just overwhelming. We decided to stay and talk to people and invite, you know, people would invite us over and we'd say no, but eventually we ended up going and it was just the best thing ever. And if I could add, um, you know, uh, we had lived about 30 minutes away from the, the church during the residency time. So as a result, since it was so far, um, we would make excuses to not serve and, and, and not to have fellowship because we're like, oh, we live so far. And the Bible says, don't give provision to the flesh. And so when we graduated in 2008, almost immediately the Lord put in our hearts to move closer to uh, the church so that we could 
fellowship with like-minded believers to, to serve. And what we've seen is that, you know, fellowship, service, those things are vital for a healthy walk with the Lord. And so, um, and so like Peter was saying, like we really missed out prior to that. And a lot of it was because of our work hours, but, um, but just the, the opportunity to be able to serve now and to fellowship with wonderful brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's, it's amazing. And you're both involved in teaching ministries. You, you do a, a segment on our women's Bible studies uh, as your schedule permits. And um, you're filling in and teaching a lot. You also um, um, do morning devotions with the with the staff. Yeah. Uh, what does a morning, a typical morning, look like? So we walk. We I'm there about seven in the morning. Um, but and I'm preparing for. A, it's just, just a mini Bible study. But we're going through. Uh, right now we're going through the book of Revelation, but it's uh, it's just verse by verse study. Just it's just a mini version of it. Maybe about five or six verses. Oftentimes we do get a chapter done in that time. Um, and it's, that started about six years ago, I think about six years ago. And that has changed so many things in the clinic. It's just, we've become more unified as a staff as we've started the day off with the word of God. And we've, uh, we've just been able to talk about the things that are in the word and then apply it immediately afterwards. And oftentimes we're reminded about what we learned in the morning. Um, this morning we, we did a uh, revelation four and five. It is just the throne room of God. And, uh, <laughs> You know, we hear all these things about the coronavirus and all, and, the, all and you, the. You did that in, in one setting. What? In, uh, no, I just did chapter five today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yesterday was chapter four. Um, but with all that's going on, the calamity in this world, we're able to, for a brief moment, take our eyes off of the the mess that's going on, and then look at the throne room, and everything just goes away. And if we can remember that throne room, it, he's in control of everything. And uh, and, and you know that dyna- that dynamic works in marriages, just husbands and wives in the word together. There's a supernatural unity that that develops, and certainly when you've got a staff as large as yours is, and you're going to be as soon as the door opens at whatever time that is, eight thirty or nine o'clock, um, um, you're going to have all these people with the problems of the world coming in, uh, and your people are ready for them. Yeah, absolutely, we were we're. We weren't prepared as much as we are now when, when the doors opened. Um, we're able to minister to them. Oftentimes with the passage we learned in the morning, that's the passage the Lord wants us to use on our patients. And it often is used, and it, it works. It's the only way it works. So. Shiba, you're a tough girl. You were doing 80 hours a week in residency, and you were pregnant. Um, that had to be difficult. It was. It was. But God, you know, it's because when I look back, I'm like, how did I ever do that? Oh, I didn't do that. It was God's grace. You know, he gave me the grace at that time. And um, I look back and just to see God's faithfulness and, you know, how he helped me, how he gave me strength, you know, like to do like 30 hour calls. And, you know, it'll be funny. Like sometimes I would have like 10 admissions a night and be going, 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 going. <laughs> at some point I'll be hiding in the closet just to feed Rebecca in my, in my belly because I wasn't hungry. I just wanted to feed my baby. But that's how busy it would be. But just to see how God protected me. Me and Rebecca and and how he was with our family and it, it was his faithfulness. You yeah, know? I've heard the stories. Doctors during residence don't eat really healthy, do they? <laughs> Donuts. It's anything yeah. that you can at any time that you can. Um, Shiva, share share your girls about your girls. Oh, um, so our daughters' uh, names are Rebecca. She's 14 years old, and Abigail. She's 10 years old. <laughs> They're such a delight. Um, you know. Um, in that sense, when Rebecca was born during residency, you know, other uh, physicians were like, oh, why, why would you get pregnant at that time? That's the hardest time. But it was God's perfect timing because um, she was our bundle of joy that the Lord gave us. We look forward to seeing her after such long, stressful, hard days at work, you know. And, um, you know, and, and so it was like the Lord gave her as a gift at that time. And, of course, Abby's a gift as well. And, you know, we just love them and <laughs> We're grateful to the Lord for that. I'm going to embarrass you, Peter. Uh Uh-oh. How old was Rebecca when you made her memorize the bones of the body? I think she was three. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a... That's a... 
Those hopes are gone. She does not want to be a physician anymore. <laughs> I may have driven her away from that. I, I turned my kids off of baseball. I wanted to play baseball, and I made it so miserable for them. Well, that's probably that's exactly Rebecca's not going to be a doctor. Yeah, that's what I did. But Abby likes it. Abby likes it, but she's kind of fading away from it now. I know. She, she's been saying since she was six years old she wanted to be a neurologist. And so for uh, Monday Funday Career Day, she said, can I dress up as a doctor? So I gave her my white lab coat and rolled up the sleeves, and then Peter made... Um, at this, you know, uh, badge, and it said Abigail Paley, MD, Chief of Neurology, you know, <laughs> and so who who knows what the Lord has, you know, but it was cute. Well, we're about out of time for the first half of the program. Uh, if you have any questions for Dr. Peter or Dr. Sheba, if you have any questions about Malta Medical, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Both of them are wonderful Bible students. If you have any questions you'd like to direct to them about the Word, three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Uh, we're inside now. Well, there's the music, so I don't have time to even ask one more question. I thought I could sneak one more in, but I'll get it on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Word to Stand On, a special edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back on the other side of the break. See you in two minutes. If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of a special edition of the program today, 340-9585. If you have any questions for uh, either doctor, Dr. Peter or Dr. Sheba, We'd love to have you call. Uh, I, I want to talk about you guys, as, as you can, you listen to the program. We get a lot of calls about um, the LGBTQ community. And uh, you guys get a lot of patients who are gay or identifying as transgender. Um, talk, if you would, about um, uh, how you approach that. How Are they defensive when they come in knowing that that you're connected to the church. Why don't you share, Sheba? Okay. Um, you know, um, there was a one specific lady that came in, and she was in tears, and and she said, you know, um, you know, I am gay, but what are your thoughts? Because I was, I've been told very. Um, blankly that, you know, I'm going to go to hell. And so what are your thoughts? And so I just felt so sad for that lady, you know, and I just felt like that was a misrepresentation of God's heart. And so I just, you know, I told her that, you know, God loved her so much and, and that, um, of course that, and, and I proceeded to share the gospel message with her, you know, um, and that if she believed that, and, and if she repented of her sin, God would forgive her of her sin. But I did tell her truth, uh, you know, that those who le- lead that type of lifestyle, that it is considered sin. And, and the Bible says that, uh, people who live this type of lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so as I, that's truth. But at the same time, you have to know that God's not standing there just, you know, eager to condemn us. He desires that no one would perish. And that's why he gives us um, this hope. And that if we would just say yes to Jesus, um, then, you know, we can be saved from our sin. And, you know, it was like she just wiped away her tears and she said, thank you. Um, Thank you for telling me the truth and not like sugarcoating it, uh, but at the same time, not being so condemning and harsh, you know. You know, one of the things I think that we 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 horribly misrepresent as Christians is we we look at people from those lifestyles and and treat them as though they're defective. Um, you know, that, like there's something wrong with them. They're they're not at the same level we're in, uh, and 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 certainly that's not God's heart. Peter, I, I know you're getting an increasing number of uh, transgender patients. 
um, some some still confused, uh, others committed, others less committed. Uh, talk about your interaction with that. Uh, our main goal when someone comes into that clinic is love them and show them the love of Christ. And, um, and they know that from the get-go. When they walk in there, they know by the time they get into my room through the front desk, through the triage, and they get into my room, they know something's different. At that point, it is easier to start the discussion about where their walk is with the Lord. I, I'm not here to change anyone. I, I'm lead, lead there to bring them to Christ and have them deal with that. And in along the way, to love them as much as Christ uh, loves them as well, and to do the to, to share with them the gospel of truth. Most often, and I have never had an adverse reaction. I've had most of the time, or all of the time, they have just given me a hug at the end and walked out. They're no different. Uh, it's his kindness that leads to repentance. And so we just love on them and share the truth with them. And, you know, one has asked me, what do you think? And I have just simply told them, it doesn't ever matter what I think. It only matters what Christ thinks. So you're going to have to stand before the Lord and have to explain that. I love you, and I'm hoping that I want the best for you. And, you know, when something's free, we ask them to come back. Uh, that shows that we love them. That I'm not here for their business. I'm, and anything we say is received better when something's free. Yeah, we're, we're certainly not advertising for extra business. No, or, not at all. Or, or, you know, trying to figure, well, how can we increase our traffic flow through the clinic? Yeah. So the people that are coming, they're in large part, you know, I pray daily for the broken, um, uh, the lost, hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and confused. And they all come through the clinic. But the, the, the additional... Uh, feature for for your patients is that they're broken physically and a lot of them are hurting there's a lot of them who are afraid and and the the uh, the physical touch of a doctor uh, sort of the authority that doctors have um, it, it almost seems as though God's already been sort of messing around with their heart preparing them for what you have to say and now you have had some who said you know you can't change us there's too many of us now but um, even those are not typically adversarial, are they? No, they're not. They, they're they kind because, you know, we are courteous to them when they walk in. So it's not like we're jumping down their throat. I did have one person come and tell me I thought you were going to bash me. And and it's just this horrible representation that's out there, that, that presumption that they come in with. And it's nothing like that. Um, Jesus loved um, the woman caught in adultery, but he didn't condone it. He, at the end of it, he says, where are your accusers uh, in uh, John chapter 8? Where are your accusers? And they're nowhere, my Lord, neither do I condemn you. But then he said, go and sin no more. He didn't want her to continue in that. And so we're simply leading them to Christ and letting the power of the Lord work with that, letting them wrestle with the Lord and seeing um, uh, where they end up with that in their heart. Let me ask you about uh, a different direction. How are you guys received or perceived in the medical community, I mean, what you're doing is certainly unusual. You're making a huge financial sacrifice. When I say huge, um, these two work for me, so 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 they're not getting rich. And and doctors are typically rich. So how are you received in the medical community, Sheeps? Um, you know, we get mixed reactions. Um, some people are like, "Wow, really? I would like to do something like that, but." I wouldn't even know where to start, you know? And then some people, uh, they kind of look like, look at us like we have a third eye, you know, like, well, that's kind of strange. <laughs> Why would you do that? You know? Um, but, you know, in that sense, there was one lecturer on, they had all these new coding rules and, and it just was making more work for the doctors and it was basically less time with the patients and more on documentation and and there was um, a physician next to me and she was like, oh man, I can feel my blood pressure elevating now. I don't know what they're talking about. They're just making it so much harder and I'm just, you know, sitting there eating my snack and I don't have to worry about anything and it's like, I love it because the Lord has made my life so simple and it's so rewarding at the same time and and so, yeah, we get these kind of mixed reactions, you know. Peter? Well, it's the uh, same thing again. The, the mixed reactions occur. Most of the time, we don't actually have many doctor friends. You know, uh, in contrary to popular belief, um, people will say, well, all of our friends are here at church. Um, we don't we don't really connect with other physicians, um, only prob- probably because we're here most of the time and we are um, – it's a ministry and outreach – 
for those who are coming into the clinic. But then afterwards, we're in the church or we're home. So I don't have other than when we go to a conference for uh, continuing medical education, we often don't see um, many, many doctors. They do say, though, I'd love to do what you do, but. And then they kind of just brush it off and walk away. So nice charity yeah, type thing. Very yeah. admirable, but yeah, not for me not kind for of me. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are, there, are there a lot of doctors who are Christians? Yeah, I don't, outside of our friends, the random friends that we went to medical school with, I don't know too many. I can't actually pinpoint one at all. Yeah, I don't know too many either. I, and I know that there are, of yeah, course, Christian are. doctors. I, I just don't know a lot personally. I'm flopping around because questions are coming to mind as we talk. Uh, we talked about your girls. Uh, they know what you're doing. And both your girls are so bright, I'm sure they are aware that most doctors' kids live um, a more opulent life than, than they do. What do they think about it? You know, um, I, I, they support us. Um, it was so cute. Like, it was a couple of years ago. Um, Becca just, you know, with, uh, typed on the computer. Uh, I'm so proud of you, mommy and daddy, for what you do. And it was like, oh, it was just a kiss from the Lord. Like, <laughs> oh, the girls understand and they get it, and you know, and and you know, and we always remind them that you know, when when we serve God, and you know, when we're in the center of His will, that's the best place to be. And so, and and God's faithful; they don't do without, you know. Um, but to remind them that. Uh, you know, money, possessions, that's not everything, you know, and that this is a rewarding life. And, and they're, they're so supportive. They're, they're so sweet that way. Also, also, they have us at home, that we're with them. Um, if we were in, that, in the world working, it would require a lot more of our time. They wouldn't see us. We're home. And, uh, and they've remarked, you know, I'm glad you're home. I'm glad you pick us up from school and bring us home. And after four we're we're together afterwards and and it's the same thing here they're in the school right next to the clinic i mean we're we're together i don't I, they get it and you know what you said was they get it they get that the other side means that mom and dad may not may not be at home and we may all the money in the world cannot replace mm-hmm. the relationship and the closeness we are as a family and shiva for you uh, you've always wanted to be a, a doctor but you really wanted to be a mom Yes, yes. And when I, uh, in the old job I used to work at, um, I would cry many times because I missed my family. You know, I missed spending time with my husband and my children. And, you know, and, you know, it didn't matter that I was bringing in a lot of money and I had nice things. Um, The desire of my heart was um, to be there, you know, for my kids, to be a mom to my kids, to be there and spend time with my husband. And so now that the Lord gives us that great balance where we can serve him with our skills and to be there together as a family, it's it's the best place in the world. Well, I can tell you, we, we certainly appreciate it. I know uh, how much you've done for the people here at Calvary Chapel, and obviously you guys are my doctors, so I, I always pick the smart one if I can, <laughs> but, but, but somehow I always get stuck with you, yeah, Peter. I'm more available. <laughs> That's the only reason you get stuck with me. Um, let's talk about, I mean, God's provided everything we need. Um, let's talk about your staff. You've got a great staff. And and a, a long-term, consistent staff. I mean, the the basic people over there have been there the whole seven years, so they bought into this vision as well. Peter, share what? what how did that happen? In in the beginning, Bruce, Brandon, Alex, they they all came together, and um, I have the best staff. I mean, there is no drama. There's consistency in in their being there. Each one of us. They know, I've told them that each one of the positions they're in, it's very important uh, and it's valuable. I'm one of the pieces of the many pieces that come together that's called Malta. And um, so so when Brandon's not there one day or Bruce is not there one day or Alex isn't one, there one day, then there's pieces missing and it really does diminish um, the clinic. And so they each know how valuable they are as that part of the clinic uh, and I just ask them do the best you can and among the other and I, I my brain's fried right now to remember everyone's names but they're just the best staff who, who are always in prayer in the word and um, and just show up to serve really that's what it is 
Yeah, and and you you've got nurses, different specialties, and uh, thank God for Bruce. Yeah, and and Brandon, they've yeah. been so faithful, Maria. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just so many people there. Let's go to a couple phone calls. We've got uh, Jimmy on line one from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. You're my heart. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Jimmy, don't don't sing with the music, Jimmy. <laughs> I just want to. I want, I want to thank God for leading me to multi medical when I was in desperate need four years ago, and uh, I prayed about it. And I was in the South Side. And I said, "Lord, I don't have any medical insurance right now. Can you lead me to the right? Can you show me something?" And then I turned on the radio at four o'clock, and your pastor Ron was talking on the radio about multi medical. And I gave them a call and they took care of me. It's just they didn't take care of me. And I want to thank Dr. Peters, my brother, and Christ, who helped me. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for saying that. It, it's encouraging. That's, that's why we do it, Jimmy. That's why God did it. He, he loves you that much. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Let's go to New Brunfels now and talk with Alan on line two. Alan, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Alan. Hi. Dr. Dr. Hi, Peter. Dr. Long time no see. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been working at the clinic for about a year and a half, and uh, I love coming there. I've been I worked in the hospital for 31 plus years, and coming to the Malta Clinic and and working with these Christian doctors is just a, for me. Every time I come, a breath of fresh air. I just love it. Well, we love you so there. Alan came to us about a year and a half ago and he just hit the ground running. He just loves on the people that come in and um, again, he's ready to serve. What about me? What about now? And he's just ready to serve in the morning. So thank you, Alan, for for being there. Yes, I too thank you for serving alongside of us. Uh, You're you're a wonderful brother in Christ. Thank you for your faithful service there in Malto. And I think you two are doing a great job today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Alan. God bless you. Appreciate it very, okay. very much. Bye. You, you guys are, are always uncomfortable with compliments. I don't like them. Either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the way. Describe, a, a, not the typical day, but I mean, we've, at the clinic, we've got greeters and, 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 and men and women who work sort of the, the waiting room. Um, doctor's offices, waiting rooms are one of the worst places on planet Earth. <laughs> And we got people there who are just basically greeters and and loving on the people and sharing and and um, um, then when they go behind the door, it's triage. It's just kind of describe what goes on. Man, they're the front line. Um, if there's an if there's a patient that's upset and they and they might be going through something that's just heartbreaking or, or illness often makes you not happy. You know, um, by the time they get to my door, they I call them the they're the bulletproof vests. They get everything. And by the time they get to the room, they are the kindest people. And that's thanks to Mr. Chuck in the waiting room, the front desk, Miss Becky, um, um, Miss Alex, who are in the reception. And then as they, you know, and in the triage, there's so many layers, especially in the greeting room. The moment someone walks in, it's a hello. It's a, can I get you some water? I mean, I mean, it just, it's a little different than what's out there. And then Mr. Chuck will often just sit there and pray, hey, can I pray for you before you go in and prepare the patient? And it's just it's just wonderful to see something like that. All the guards are down, uh, the the you know the fighting mode goes down, and it's just like oh man, these these people actually love me, you know. <laughs> and so it really helps. Um, yeah, I'm laughing because I can't get this out. Uh, I went to the doctor one time now because I don't drive, I don't carry ID, and Miss Becky was yes. The receptionist, yeah. the one who was greeting, and so she said, um, "Can I have your ID?" And I said, "Becky, you know who I am. I've been your pastor for years." And she goes, "Doctor Peter said I need ID, no matter what. I need ID, so don't give me a hard time." She said, and so even even I have to go through the procedure yeah only because we we want to keep a protocol uh, uh, of consistency and um, the wonderful uh, thing is even I need ID so I came in <laughs> and I showed my ID just so that I can 
hopefully lead as an example and say, hey, here's my ID. I don't want you to take me in there without my ID. And, um, and it's just something that almost every doctor's office does it. They always ask for ID anyway. And it's, the dynamics are a little different because this is our church. But we want to be able to keep the consistency of, of, uh, of making sure the address is right, the name is right, and, uh, and no changes have occurred. And you'd be surprised how many times changes have occurred just by looking at the ID. So We have to do what we do well. We have to do it legally. Yeah. Um, we've, we've got to keep confidences. Um, medical information is very private. And um, so that's why we do the things the way we do. Absolutely. If, if you encounter anything, just let it throw it on me because I'm the one who made all of those policies. <laughs> They're just wonderful. So, See, Sheba, I knew I should have put you in charge a long time ago because <laughs> then I could have said, can I at least get special treatment so I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we've been able to do over the years, um, um, we're, we're all members of the gym right here in the parking lot. And, um, you know, we're, we're telling people in the gym all the time about Malta Medical. And I'm sending them over. You tell them, yeah. Pastor Ron told you to come over and kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, people, it, it, it's a great way to open a door to talk to people about Jesus. Because if they're hurting and there's a need, I, I can help you need. Well, what's it going to cost? It's not going to cost you anything. And then, then we get a chance to tell them the story why. And we've had a whole bunch of those people come in. And Amazing. you're sort of a gym rat. Yeah. I try to be, and uh, I, I, we've met a lot of people in the gym that have come uh, to the clinic. And just they can't believe it when we talk about it, and that's a great. By the way, when when you talk about someone's health, it's a wonderful way to bring the conversation of the Lord in because it begins with the, the health of your heart. And so, yeah, I just always ask, "Hey, do you have health insurance?" And when most people say, "Yeah," and say, "Well, if your copay is so high, then you can come on over there, and uh, you know, if you've got something quick going on, I can, we can always look at it." Um, Part of the the one of the challenges that we have nowadays, more so now, is that we are now this year inundated with so much demand. We're only two people, three people, as far as providers go, and um, and so the hardest thing is trying to. The hardest part is saying no because we just don't have space left, and we do the best we can to get them in fast. We don't encourage walk-ins, but if someone does, we always look in the schedule to see. Um, but. And I understand when someone calls, it's like, hey, nobody call me back. But we're doing the best we can with what we have, with the resources that we have. So Yeah, and, and going back these probably 10 years, getting all this in our minds, right? We never envisioned that we would, we would be as busy as we are. Yeah. Um, I guess free is attractive, but, but it's not that with you guys. It's, it's the quality of care. It's the genuine um, love uh, that, that's demonstrated through care. And you're their doctors. You're their doctors. And so they know uh, they're going to get a consistent message. So, um, Peter, we're inside five minutes. So let's take, give each of you an opportunity here. Um, what have you learned the most about you, about the Lord, and about people in the seven years that you've been doing here? Sheeb, you first. Um, um, first and foremost, I have, I've already known that God is faithful, but... He has shown me just a million times over his faithfulness. And that's how Malta Medical has been sustained these last seven years. What I've learned about myself is that in the beginning, I was very shy and introverted. And I would say that I'm not an evangelist, but the Lord gave me courage. He gave me boldness. And he just gave me that ability to share the gospel message with people I didn't know, whereas I thought I, was, I wouldn't ever be able to do that. So I've, I've learned about myself that with God, he gives me courage to do that. And then... About your patients? Oh, and about then people. Oh, and, and about the people. Um, I'm just grateful that the Lord entrusted these precious people to us, you know, um, that we can have the honor and privilege of serving them, you know, that a lot of them, they're just so sweet, you know, they're, um, they just need help, and to be able to help them, it, it really is rewarding, and it's a blessing, and um, I'm just grateful for the people that we get to serve. Yeah, you know, they, they don't often go anywhere and are served, um, doctors are often like assembly lines, and so they just feel like a piece of chattel going through the process. Peter, and I'll make it quick. Cause, uh, um, and we got three minutes. You oh, got time. Okay. So we, I've learned about myself. I love people, but I, what the Lord has shown me is: wait till you do the work for me, and I'll show you how to really love people. Um, 
I am I, I have a, a depth of love for my patients that I didn't know I could do and I can't I can't do that in my strength and I know that's the Lord's heart in me but if you take a step for the Lord he gives you his heart and he gives you his love and it'll go beyond what you could do on your own at all anyway uh, what I've learned about my patients before you go on that's mm-hmm. Romans 5 5 just God deposited his love in your hearts yeah. for everyone who walks in amen and and what I've learned about my patients is they don't know it, but oftentimes they minister to us. Uh, and many strong Christian patients come in and they, man, they have a word for us sometimes. Or they, they have um, something they say to us that, uh, that just really ministers. Uh, and then they'll pray. Some pray for us. <laughs> and then say, hey, can I pray for you? And it's, uh, there's a, prayer war- a system of prayer warriors out there that are among our patients that are saying, hey, you know, I always think of you. Our church prays for you. We have a lot of Christians that come from other churches and say, hey, our church has been praying for you. Um, and then the last thing is just I've learned to be able to minister through the Word of God. Before, when we first started, um, I tried to use the Word of God as the answer. Now it's all the Word of God. I don't want to give my opinions anymore because Jesus has the better answer for their problems than I do. Yeah. And so the Word is so precious. It's what I love the most about you guys. Last thing, and we're in sorry, we're just coming up to a minute now. Biggest surprise in seven years that we've gone this long uh, oh. when we first started <laughs> yeah. oh you have little faith yeah I know yeah. It's, uh, I'm a faith failure but uh, when we first started I thought this was going to be a year or two and the fact that God has sustained this this long is it's all him it's been amazing uh, and there's no end in sight yeah. no I don't see an end in sight yeah. either Yes, I, I echo the same thing as Peter. And before we go, we would love to give a shout-out to our Malta Medical family that serves alongside of us. Thank you so much, Bruce, Brandon, Maria, Alex, Antipuring, James, Amy, Becky, Mr. Chuck, Mr. Allen, Brielle, John Valadez, and Melissa. And if we're missing anybody else, please forgive us, but thank you for the honor and privilege of being able to serve alongside of all of you. Couldn't do it without him, huh? I can't, no, no, we, way. no way. No way. We're, we're so Thank grateful. You guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I, we wanted to present this program to you just as a, as a testimony to the faithfulness of God. Uh, he loves you so much that he's asked people like this to make sacrifices for you. Hey, Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. I need the word to stand on.